back to our reading. I hate this microphone. I Poets, ladies and gentlemen, those were poets. Totally unmetaphoric. Okay, yeah, awesome. Poetry night rings through. On Monday, May 13th, we said... She jumped out, no, no, was sucked. She was sucked out into the daylight over Park Avenue because... My mother says because. Everyone who should have loved her called her a clown. She was a clown flying through space then on her way down, for a moment anyway. For a moment she must have thought, <laughs> lovers, clown I may be, but how many clowns have you known to fly? The sucking itself could not have lasted long. If there was a sound, no one would have heard it, and then she was gone. You cannot run from your air and water, and you cannot run from your windows when they call. They might call. You would come to them too, just like that, would take the fall for them if you thought too long about clowns when you heard your name, if you started believing what they told you about clowns and windows and old age and motherhood and the certainty of plummets from great heights. That's a poem by Adam Gottschalk, ladies and gentlemen. It's called, it's called Mimi. Please welcome Laura to our stage. After reading Franny and Zoe. Stevens Keep told me through the radio that Walmart sells forever stamps seven days a week, and I want a stamp to lick and place. I'm Franny next to Zoe, wanting something holy so bad, wearing the nightdress with tiny tea roses, wetting the pinwheel pillow with my face, saying no to consecrated chicken soup. That's the first one. And then um, this is for Rhoda from The Waves. <laughs> and it's, uh, If I Had No Face. Are we the shit so we don't luxuriate in it? Or don't we remember the days we laughed at our poop? <laughs> See that face after face after face after face? You like factory chimneys and cranes and lorries. I like legs and fat and degradation. That was Laura. Give her a hand. Just like that. And please welcome Boris to the stage. Hello. 
the Atlantean bell monger's daughter. <clears throat> he rose at dawn, climbed the long, dizzy flight of 3,928 stairs up to the top of the tower, and loosened the pull rope from its hook, crying his salutations to the sun. Tugging the rope, the great obsidian bell rang three times, and he howled with the pain, letting the gold clapper come to rest with the great swish of magnets clapping closed and pulled again. He would wipe the cold sweat from his forehead with a kerchief kept for this purpose, but this day he'd changed feather jackets and forgotten it. His daughter met him on his way back down, blocking the stairs with her quivering girth and threatening him with the hollow phone. There's no one to call, Antoine, she cries at him. Behind her on the stairs, the dog barks loudly at them and whines nervously huddled up against the wall. But I have to ring the bell, the old man pleads with her. How else will the city start? It's destroying you, she pronounces in a low tone, and the dog turns tail and flees. He still refuses to let her borrow the flying saucer. Thanks. <laughs> That is Boris. Ladies and gentlemen, give him a hand. Please do that. Keep it going. Keep it going. Please welcome Andrea to the stage. Hello. Begin with an invention, a passion, a word. A tickling sensation caused by the constant stream of memories flowing in your head. Movie clips without a foreseeable arc. Snippets taken from what you want to see, how you want to see this dynamic world. Though perhaps it's not really so dynamic after all. Focus. Organize. No, I can't. But why should I? Would it be best that I just let the words flow through my stream of consciousness without editing out the snippets I don't like or what I don't want others to see? Is I what I want, eloquence or rawness? Am I, are my words best served as sushi or steak tartare? Or should I make a souffle in which each ingredient is meticulously mixed and measured and is let to sit and ponder fate for however many minutes at however many degrees until it rises above all expectations? I've never made either souffle or sushi or steak tartare before, but I've heard they're all delicious in their own way. Focus. Right. Find your soul within the rhythm of the words. Thank you. That is Andrea, ladies and gentlemen. Give her a hand. Please welcome Scott. Casey to our stage. Thank you. Thank you everybody for coming out to the Black Drop. It's not mine. It's by two American philosophers. So he says, that's what I want to find out. I want you to tell me the names of the fellows on the St. Louis team. That's what I'm telling you. Who's on first? What's on second? I don't know who's on third. Well, then who's playing first? Yes. I mean the fellow's name on first base. Who? The fellow playing first base here for St. Louis. Who? The guy on first base. Who is on first here? 
Well, what are you asking me for? I'm not asking you. I'm telling you who is on first. I'm asking you who's on first. That's the man's name. That's whose name? Yes. Well, go ahead and tell me who. The guy on first. Who? The first baseman. Who is on first? Have you got a first baseman on first? Certainly. Then who's playing first? Certainly. And who's playing first? Absolutely. When you pay off the first baseman every month, who gets the money? Every dollar of it. And why not? The man's entitled to it. Who is? Yes. So who gets it? Why shouldn't he? Sometimes his wife comes down and collects it. Whose wife? Yes. After all, the man earns it. Who does? Absolutely. Well, what I'm trying to find out is what's the guy's name on first base? No, no, no. What's on second base? I'm not asking you who's on second. Who's on first? That's what I'm trying to find out. Well, don't change the players around. I'm not changing nobody. You got an outfield? Oh, sure. The left fielder's name? Why? I don't know. I just thought I'd ask. Well, I thought I'd tell you. Then tell me, who's playing left field? Who's playing first? Stay out of the infield. Don't mention any names out here. I want to know, what's the fellow's name in left field? What's on second? I'm not asking you who's on second. Who's on first? I don't know. Now, take it easy. Just take it easy. What's the left fielder's name? Why? Because, oh, he's center field. Scott Casey, ladies and gentlemen. Please welcome Robbie to our stage. It's called Fire. She loves the burning. Sweet heat pushes her body clean and happy. The honey flame licks her wounds. Perfect love being, it will lick her clean. The planetary fire rules her cycles. The sonic screams deep in her lungs teach the oldest stars to fall. And she can follow that fire line intensely to the roots, reaching below to Earth Mama for the balancing waters that nourish her light egg. And in her perfect egg, the alchemist fire safely rages, full of transformation and necessary magic, cook all love in her fire spot. And she reaches up with her bird arms to feel the wind that blows her clear and fuels that hungry fire. That big circle energy turns the pyramids of her light form. The landscape of her body is open to itself. Healing fires roll in like the rain clouds and the horizon circle surrounds her and she is safe to rage in the universe's alchemy fire. All cooked in the love, she teaches the oldest stars to fall. That is Robbie, ladies and gentlemen. Give her a hand. Please welcome Ricardo to the stage. Lines drawn in imaginary sands, plans spawn for the sake of future hands, squeezing through the cracks of what we're supposed to give and what we're supposed to hold back. 
emotional ties to imprints of the past. Don't stop the emotion that makes the moment last. One glance inside and it's obvious we've been hiding and don't need to be oblivious of these ties to the past. Eyes open, these moments keep on going. I'm only thinking about it. I'm only losing it when I'm thinking about losing it. I'm only missing it when I'm thinking about missing it. Turning over obligations in the heart space of humanity's reverberations. Remembering that we decided to come back to the block, be back in the flesh one more time. And remember that we forgot. And we can talk about the earth and political rebirth and campaign finance reform. Renewal energy and carbon footprints for all it's worth. Make it known that chemtrails glow. Ask Monsanto to stop the flow of paint of tainted seeds and patents on rights. Campaign and protest instead of rolling the dice and hoping people get it. So the line that we draw in imaginary sands become plan spawn for the sake of future hands. And we keep on squeezing through the cracks of what we're supposed to give and what we're supposed to hold back. Regardless of the struggles for the comfort in our loved ones, regardless of the hatred that comes from Babylon's humdrum, there is a beat that beats when soul and love, a moment where we know what we're made of, a moment when we see what's here, the possibility for change, and the moment when we toss away the fear. If there was an answer, we'd be dead, but we're all alive instead, duping it, knowing that we're here to bring the love, to bring the trust, and toss away the fear. That is Ricardo, ladies and gentlemen. Ladies and gentlemen, would you please welcome, welcome, Travis to our stage. Okay, this is called Rude Morning. The door is open. The air is cold. The grease is hot. The butter is getting hard. Daddy, would you like some sausage? <laughs> okay. But, but seriously. This is called that itch. In life, there is that itch. It's that itch you can scratch, but you don't. There's nothing stopping you. That itch might bleed when you scratch it. But man, would it feel good to scratch that itch. The itch is still there. It's staring at you. It's mocking you. But you don't scratch it all in the hopes that it will just go away. You all know what I mean. What's that itch's name? That's Travis, ladies and gentlemen. Give him a hand, his first time reading on our open mic. Please welcome Erica to our stage. I watch my mother. This is after a piece by Lorna Crozier. There's nothing obscene about her body. Tissues litter the floor the same texture as her skin. I can see the down of her clefts reflected in the steel pulse of her monitors. I ask her often if she knows who I am. She laughs every time. Did you know the Japanese have a habit of laughing when they are nervous? I can see the echoes of chemo in the beds of her nails. She is convinced of her youth. I watch her in the throes of her first romance. I am no longer her son, but in the lines of my face she sees an old lover. 
I imagine what it would be to never know the sight of my mother reaching for me, no longer my mother, but a stranger lost to a tide of their own delusion. That is Erica Reed. Wearing suspenders. Please welcome Tom to our stage. I'll go with this one first. In the beginning, all there was was dark. And it was nice because it was warm dark, not the cold and evil love-lacking dark. It could be best described as a dark nest. Then sound, what must have been an ocean shore, or a strong wind blowing through the door, or the soft song of a snug fire's hot roar. But the dark warm noise was nothing solid. And when there was a light that struck my eyes, all sound was chaos amidst loud cries. Frigid winds were turning my skin to ice, and gravity dropped me upon the ground. And though I am drowning in the ocean and buffeted about by callous winds and bear the scars where fires burned my skin, I am always able to move forward. I move because there is one thing solid in a world where much is harsh and squalid that makes everything less seem invalid. The arms of love that raised me off the ground. A mother's love, the strongest love around. That is Tom with an H. Give him a hand. Also with an H. And please welcome the Sturgeon General of Poetry Night, Dr. Gary Wade, to our stage. Good evening. I've got a lot of friends. I've through life I've had a lot of friends who were broke and homeless. This poem is a um, collection of many of their experiences. It's not about me, of course. I am the man. I am the man who came to dinner at the senior center. I took the dry half of what was on my plate home in a Ziploc bag in my coat. I am the man who, whose last new shirt came from the Salvation Army store after I washed and took them three of mine that had become too large for me. I am the man whose children think I dislike them because I quit coming to see them at Christmas, since I came with no gift for their children, since I stopped taking them to lunch, since now that they have outgrown McDonald's. I am the man who switched to the bus when my truck's transmission died before the city towed my live-in van. Some rainy days I still ride the bus, but only when Carol, who never takes notice, is driving. I am the man who knows the hidden trail 
through the cedars and brush, leading to the faded tent concealed in the third-growth pine and alder, north of the abandoned Walmart parking lot. I am the man with the constant cough and co-payment that I can't afford. I search through medicine cabinets in newly vacant houses. I am the man who cuddles once a week in a sleeping bag under the northwest bridge with toothless Sandy who needs love too. We keep our faces turned away and, or breathe past each other's cheeks when we lie awake in autumn darkness. I am the man who has bed bug bites on my waist and thighs, but no matter, Sandy has them too. I am the man with the broken spiral notebook of some poems that I still have after the thumb drive that I used to use in the library's public computer was stolen. I am the man with a VA card in my wallet with this and last year's receipts. Fred and half-leg James, who used theirs, have not written anyone since. I am the man who has an oiled thirty-eight buried in two one-gallon tied-off plastic bags three feet right of the stone over the bones of my dog in the sandy, dry north end soil under Gay Street Bridge. I am the man with one polished nine-millimeter hollow-point round for a good-luck charm in my field jacket pocket to be redeemed on the bench at Gay and West some damp and cold, terminally luckless winter day. Thank you. Dr. Gary Wade, ladies and gentlemen. One poet left. Can you handle one more poet? I know, I know, you're sick and tired of poetry, you want to go home, but it's a good one. It's a good poet. It's Robert Lashley, ladies and gentlemen. Please welcome Robert Lashley. This poem is called, my first poem is called, The Uncle G. Gazal. My man, my man, do not give up. Someday, someday, we will look, you will look up from your past and it's you and cry. Now is trauma, your brain used up, but now you must, you must not die. Right now is so, is so fucked up, but God, my man, you must still try, although fate is so messed up. Although someday you wonder why, but someday, my man, you will look up. My man, my man, do not give up. Thank you. This poem is called the Chunky Brother Mr. Right Now Love Ballad. Um, it, um, it, 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 it takes a line from, um, it takes a refrain from um, um, uh, an Atlantic Star song. Your afro is a sun that never sets on me. It circles and circles. It figures in rest. It burns a light as you set on my chest, as complex as the ground and the sky. If you ever need me, send for me. 
Your afro is where my chest finds its axis. Our turns and returns to the natural world seem of natural outside our stasis. A natural love on my rooms and places in the moments after you go. If you ever need me, send for me. Away. There is no refuge in metaphor. Away things are things and not people. Primal yearnings for salts are not equal when the salt of your navel is gone. Away from you, there are no dreams that sustain. Away, recollection is a jailer of the tongue. Send for me, and I will be there. Thank you. That's Robert Lashley, ladies and gentlemen. A hand for him. A hand. For it was written...